0: Today is a victory celebration, and so those were some stories of victory. And we're going to look at the Bible and see what the ultimate victory is. But that is what we're truly here for today. When we talk about victory, though, we need to understand what what does it even mean to be victorious. You may have lots of thoughts going through your head when we talk about the word victory and victorious. You know we. There's many aspects of our life that we can be victorious in. I think of sports instantly, right? After almost 4,000 days since his last major victory and 14 years since his last Masters win, Tiger Woods, old gray crying Tiger Woods stood up there and won the Masters last weekend. To everyone's amazement, who would believe that this old gray Tiger Woods could pull it off again? But tearfully, as he puts that jacket on, we can see that sometimes victories are unexpected. What about with school, right? We have a lot of high schoolers and middle school students and and even college students. And some of those students are seniors. And in less than one month, those seniors will walk across a stage graduating high school. Victories can take a lot of work and effort. What about within our professions and our jobs. Some of you, just like Eric, have have received promotions in this past year, or maybe you've changed jobs and gotten a better job. You've just gotten a raise or some sort of award with your work. Sometimes victories are earned. They're earned from what we've done and what we know and how hard we work. What about our health? I know many of you have family that have been diagnosed with sicknesses. Maybe even some of you have been diagnosed with sicknesses. Some worse than others. And those family members, or maybe even you yourself, have spent hours and, with the doctors and, and just days taking medicine, trying to get better. Eventually, you will hopefully get better. And we can see that victory sometimes needs assistance. Sometimes we can't have victory on our own. Now, the thing about all of those victories is that they are all temporary. Tiger Woods may never win another major or anything, right? Your graduation will last two hours, and then it's on to the next stage of your life. There is always another promotion or raise or better job that you can try to achieve. Sicknesses don't always get healed, and even if this one does, Eventually, every single one of us will die. Victories in this world come and go. But today, we celebrate a victory that is not temporary. Today, we celebrate the victory of Jesus Christ. And so for that I'm going to look at our Bible and today we're going to be looking at First Corinthians fifteen verses fifty through fifty eight and i'll I'll have it on the screen behind me or if you have a Bible with you I encourage you to open it up and follow along as I read through it um, for those of you who don't know me haven't met me yet my name is Joey Weber and I'm one of the pastors here at stonebridge and i will I will just tell you it is such an honor and just a joy to be here with you on Easter celebrating and just Being able to be here and seeing all of your faces. It is is truly a joy to see each and every one of you here today. But today we will find ourselves in 1 Corinthians chapter 50. Or chapter 15, starting at verse 50. Follow along with me as I read. It says, I tell you this, brothers. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. When the perishable puts on the imperishable, and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us this victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, Be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Over the past two weeks, we have looked at the rest of 1 Corinthians 15, and, and we've seen the evidence and the importance of the resurrection. And how can we not stand here today and celebrate the resurrection when we have seen the proof the evidence and the importance of it, and if you are someone here today who struggles with that and you you weren 't here with us the past couple of weeks, if you struggle with the evidence like i just i don 't know if I can believe this this Bible and, and just the I need proof, or maybe you 're just like ah, you know i don 't really know if this resurrection thing is really that important, like yeah, Jesus is good, and I like that, and church is fun. But what's the big deal with the resurrection? If you struggle with either one of those, I encourage you, go back. We keep all of our sermons online. Go back and listen to those. Because they are absolutely important to understand the evidence and the importance. But today, like i said, said, I'm going to keep saying we celebrate the victory. And we can see victory language all over this passage. First up, in verses 51 through 55, we can see future victory. This is a victory that we look forward to. It is a future victory when we enter the presence of God. And 1 Corinthians 15 tells us of Jesus' death and resurrection. How he overcame death and because of his victory, we can share in that. This is a victory like none of the others that I talked about at the beginning. Because we get to share in this victory. Unlike just watching TV and watching your favorite athlete win, and then you go back to your normal lives, we share in this victory. Again, I think of sports, the idea of victory in the sports world, with this idea of sharing in a victory. That would be like if you were a lifetime Patriots fan, right? Just a whole life, since birth, you have just bled and sweat Patriots. And this past year, they won their, Tom Brady won his sixth Super Bowl ring, And he shows up at your house, knocks on your door, and he's like, you know what? These six rings, they're really heavy and bulky, and I just don't, it's excessive. I don't need all these rings. And I know you've been a huge supporter of us your whole life. So here, have one of my rings, because I just want to share this with you. Now, that would be awesome for some of us, but the victory that we have in Jesus is so much deeper and greater than anything we could experience in this world. Verse 51 says that we will all be changed. The victory that we share is that someday we will stand in heaven with no pain and no sickness. No sadness, no anxiety, no dying family members, no addictions, no miscarriages, no lost jobs or crashing stock markets, no political unrest, nothing. We will stand and we will be in glorified bodies and we will stand in awe of the one who created and sustains everything. And we can stand here today and hope and pray and speculate and wonder just like, When will that happen? Jesus, when will you come back? When will I get to see your face? But the truth is, the Bible is very clear. In this passage and in others, it's a mystery. No one knows when they may die or when Jesus may return. Now because of that, we need to be living every day in expectant hope that he will return at any minute. Right? I swear one of these days somebody's gonna say that, right? Somebody's gonna say, Jesus can return at any minute, and it'll be that day, right? Not today, I guess. So, we need to be living in that expectant hope, and I think about that. I think about when I was a teenager and the the thoughts that I had. See, I knew about Jesus, I knew about church. It was, I liked the idea of Jesus and forgiveness in heaven. And just like Laura shared, like, I liked that. That sounded good. But I'll get to that when I'm older. Someday I'll do that. But while I'm here and I'm young and I have this body, I'm going to live my life for myself. And now I stand here 37 years later and I thank God that he let me get to this point. That he let me live long enough that I could see the the failures in my life. And that I could see the sin that I was living in. And that I could turn to him. I thank him that he let me get to that. We need to be living every day knowing that we could be called home or Jesus could return. And we read these words of Paul and we see that he is almost mocking, right? Right? He says, oh, death, where is your sting? Like, it's just this death taunt. He's just taunting death. Oh, you ain't got nothing. Where's your sting? But for those of us, there's many of us who have actually felt the sting of death in this world. We may read these words and we may think, What about my grandparents that I just buried? My grandfather, or my parents, or even my friend, or a child. I've I've buried someone that I love. I have felt the sting of death in this world. How can Paul say this? He actually also has felt the sting and the weight of living in this world. He has buried friends, he has seen people die. How can he throw out this victory taunt? The story of humanity has been the same ever since Adam and Eve walked the earth. Man is born, man lives, and man dies. That is the story for every single human being except one. We need to understand that Paul is not looking at this dead and dying world around him. He is looking back. the fact that Jesus Christ defeated sin. He died a criminal's death on the cross. He was beaten. He was tortured. He was mocked. He was tried unjustly and he died and then he was buried. But then three days later, this is what we are here for today, three days later he marched out of that tomb. Victory. Victory over death and sin. And that is how Paul can give this victory taunt in the midst midst of this broken, messed up world that he's living in. Paul is looking back and saying, yeah, Jesus did that. And he's looking forward and saying, I know that one day Jesus will come back. And death and sin will be no more. And he confidently taunts death, knowing that death is just temporary. And he even says later in another book that he writes Philippians, he says, to die is gain. He says, even if I die on earth, I get to go be with Jesus. To die is gain. If we are going to talk about the victory that we have today, we must understand what that victory is from. And verse 56 shows us that. We have victory from sin. I stand before you, a broken, sinful man. Every single day I make mistakes. Even standing here today, I am a sinful man. But my victory is knowing that I am forgiven. That is what the victory is for those of us who have committed our lives to following Jesus. It is an assurance that although I screw up and I make mistakes every day, I am forgiven. Now, this does not give me the liberty and the freedom to just sin freely. No, I need to follow Jesus and try and work every day to be more like him. And I'm not forgiven because of anything that I have done except for the faith that I put in Jesus and his work on the cross. It's nothing I've done to earn my forgiveness. It is all because of Jesus' victory. We've already seen Paul's talks about the victory over death. But this victory over death actually gives us purpose. It propels us to take the next step in our life with Christ. Last year, a man named Billy Graham passed away. Billy Graham was one of the, the greatest evangelists of probably all time. And he passed away. And on his death, many people remembering his life and his legacy and sharing quotes that he had said during his life. 20 years before his death Billy Graham was quoted as saying someday you will read or hear that Billy Graham is dead don't you believe a word of it I shall be more alive than I am now I will just have changed my address I will have gone into the presence of God we could end right there right that could be the end of it What kind of hope, do we end with that hope? We have future victory, praise God, we to go see Jesus someday. And many of us could walk away and say, yep, I'm just going to go back to my life and just wait for the day that Jesus calls me home. But this idea of a future victory, it gives us purpose to how to live our lives today, every day. We have current victory every day. Verses 57 and 58 show us that. And that current victory is actually probably more important for the day-to-day life than future victory. That is what gets us through the death and the suffering around us. That is what gets us through the miscarriages and gives us the victory over addictions and gets us past the hurt of family and abuse. That is what gives us the victory, is the current victory that Jesus is with us every day through it. It's not just hope for the future, it is purpose for now. The literal translation of 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty seven is, uh, "But thanks be to God who keeps on giving us the victory through our Lord Jesus. He keeps on giving us the victory. This isn't just I got saved when I was six years old and that was my victory. And someday, no, there is continual victory that gets poured out every single day on us. We experience the power of his res- uh, We experience the power of his resurrection." When we obey and follow Jesus every day, the greatest victory that we can receive is Jesus. We get Jesus when all we deserve is hell. Last week, Shane shared a quote, but I want to share it again because it gives us just an idea of this purpose for what our current victory is as as believers and followers A man named Tim Keller, pastor out in New York and author of a bunch of books, says, Christians move out into a violent world as agents of peace, into a broken world as agents of reconciliation, into a needy world as servants of the poor. Jesus said it also, something very similar. In Matthew 28, Jesus tells us what the greatest commandment is. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. And the second is like it, love your neighbor like yourself. Our purpose, our current victory, is to love our neighbor as ourselves and point them to Jesus. We can read this passage in 1 Corinthians 15 and see Paul's words about doing the Lord's work, right? He talks about in verse 57, uh, it says, uh, to, I don't know, 58, it says, We continue to do the, the labor is not in vain and bounding in the work of the Lord. Many people can read that and they can have this mentality that doing the Lord's work is something big, right? It's, it's going on a mission trip to some third world country or starting up an orphanage or a nonprofit that feeds the poor. Those are big things. That's the Lord's work. But when I walk across the street for the fourth time this month and pick up my neighbor's trash, well, that's just meaningless. That's just pointless, right? That's just... That's just because I don't want their trash in my yard. We need to understand it's not what we do, but why we do it that is the work of the Lord. Everything that we do can be loving. From preaching to helping our children with their homework. That can be the work of the Lord. From serving as a mentor, volunteering in the schools, or even just your job as a teacher or an associate. From picking up trash as you just walk around the neighborhood with your wife to being a listening ear to a friend who is struggling with depression. All of those things might be con- that we might consider insignificant are and can be the Lord's work as long as we understand the why behind we're doing it. And the why comes from the first part of Jesus' words. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. If we are doing all these insignificant things as followers of Jesus and doing them to show the love that we have been given, the victory that we have been given, then that can be the Lord's works, and it is the Lord's work. We share this victory with everyone that God puts in our path. We must love God in order to rightfully share this victory and to love our neighbors in this broken, messed up world. That's you today. If you love Jesus and you have a hope for the future, if you come here today praising and celebrating the victory that you have. Thank God for you, but you also have a purpose. It's not just come here, sit here, hear a message, sing some songs and go about your life. You have a purpose. And that is to share this victory with the people around you. To love your neighbor as yourself. Take this victory message and share it with those around you. Workers, family, people you run into on the streets. Whoever it is, you share this victory with them. But maybe that's actually not you today, right? Maybe you're here today simply because you're visiting family, right? It's Easter, you're visiting family, and so you just went to church because someone in your family asked you to join them. You're not sure about this whole church thing. You're not quite sure about this Jesus guy. I will tell you that that family member who invited you here, they are attempting to share the Victory of Jesus with you. God is working through them to draw you here. You are not here by accident or just to appease a family member. You are here because God is calling out to you. But if that is you today, I need to tell you something. All this talk about future victories and current victories and victories from sin, you aren't there. You you don't have it. You need to hear the first verse that we read today. Verse 50 says, I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. If you have never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you are not showing the fruit of the Spirit, if you are not following Jesus, you are in the category of flesh and blood and perishable that Paul is talking about. You cannot share in the current victory, and you will not share in the future victory of Jesus. And you're like, well, that's not what I come to church for. I don't come to church to feel bad, right? Right? That's bad news. I thought church was supposed to be happy. And you're telling me bad news. Well, I have good news. You can have victory today. That victory is possible. Today can be the day that you cry out to God and you say, I can't do this anymore. I can't carry this weight anymore. I can't fix myself anymore i can't fix the people around me anymore i can't do this anymore I, I can't today is the day that you can confess your sins to a loving god and he will cleanse everything that you have done wrong and every forgive every secret sin of your heart not because you have done something right or earned his favor but because you finally admitted you could not Christ died for us while we were sinners. Christ went to that cross and took on the full wrath of God when he didn't deserve it. He did that for us so that we could be forgiven. And he did it while we were sinners. When we were at the worst that we could be, that is when he looked down and said, I am going to this cross for Joey, for you. Today is the day that you can accept him. Do you know Jesus? Can you celebrate? Do you come here today and hear this talk of celebrating and victory and you're like, I I don't feel it. Can you celebrate in his victory? Today is the day that you can share in the victory of Jesus Christ. Let's pray.